Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, and welcome to Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Coming up on this episode... Ian Winson. I've only cried once and it was uncontrollable for about 45 minutes. And that was about five weeks after the incident. Just one evening, I just started crying and I just couldn't stop crying. And and then after about 40 minutes, I stopped crying and that was that. And that's the last time I have felt any kind of... Mourning or yeah, grief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I miss, I miss not having legs. Don't... Without a doubt. Back in 2011, Ian Winston went to his job as an engineer for Watercare in Onehunga, Auckland, and an explosion occurred, which killed one of Ian's workmates that he was with at the time. Ian survived the blast, but was seriously injured. The accident cost him both his legs, caused severe injuries to his arms, and left him very, very, very close to death. Before the explosion, Ian's life revolved around work, sport, and family, and in this instant moment, he went from being an Ironman competitor to an amputee requiring months of rehabilitation just to reach a stage of basic mobility. Ian's an incredible guy and his story is incredible as well. It's a story of bravery, determination and hope. And I hope you guys are inspired by his attitude as much as what I was. All right, let's get into it. Ian Winson on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Hey, Runners Only Keep. Hey. Runners only cheat, yeah, let's get it started. Runners only cheat, yeah, let's get it started. This is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only cheat, yeah, let's get it started. This is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey. Runners only with Dime Harley. Sitting here today with the legend, Ian Winston. Hello. Hang on, why can't I hear you? What's going on here? Oh, we got you? Here we go. Yay, get nice and close into that microphone, mate. Sure, cool. Um, hey, it is so fabulous to be sitting down with you today. I've, um, I've uh, read a lot about you. I've followed your journey. Um, a mutual friend of ours, Steve Kilgallen, he wrote oh, yep. a book about you. Yep. Um, one hell of a story. So you're a marathon runner. Then you have a uh, workplace accident, and now you're um, you're like a wheelchair athlete. That's, you're still um, competing. Yeah, yeah, nothing changes. Um, used to gym, bike, swim, run before my incident, and I'm gym, bike, swim, run after my accident. Just do it a little differently, that's all. Yeah, yeah. So the um, the incident that you speak of that happened in uh, June 2011. So you're coming up 11 years. You want to you want to go back to that or not really? Uh yeah, it'll go down in, in probably in, in our family history as one of the darkest days of our family life. Mm. So, yeah, but mm. um, yeah, but it, uh, there's been some good stuff that's come out of it. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, I think a lot of that's got to do with your character as a person and just the type of person that you are. But do you, do you, not, do you not like to revisit it because you just feel like you've drawn a line in the sand and moved on, or is oh, it traumatic? No, to- no I'm, I'm pretty lucky when it comes to that because I don't remember anything. Mm. Um, so the... The trauma is is really for other people who, because um, I just missed like three and a half weeks of my life. Kind of, I didn't, and 
So the, the trauma is for them. For me, it's more about dealing with um, uh, with the hidden injuries that I have and that people don't see and, and the constant daily battles with life with people who don't understand or don't really want to understand what disability is all about. Because I, I'm actually not disabled. I'm just physically challenged. Yeah. You know, And so people don't actually get that when I get cross about not being able to access something. or It's not because... I have an attitude. It's just because I want to get there, and I, you know, and you stopping me from getting there is is one of those things that really, really makes me cross. Yeah, um, especially in this day and age. What are the um, what are the um, hidden injuries that you speak of? Well, I have a traumatic brain injury, which a lot of people don't actually understand. There's more. There's more um, science coming towards it because of what's been going on in rugby. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I read about this. So uh, the, this, you didn't know this in the beginning. It wasn't oh. discovered till a couple of years. Uh, yeah, it, it took um, it took over over six months to manifest itself. It actually started to manifest itself once I got out of rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. Well, the first phase of rehabilitation started to manifest itself. Um, there, there were little signs in rehabilitation, but we just put it, you know, I, I was still on quite a lot of drugs and stuff like that. And so, but as I came off those drugs, I was, my personality had changed a little bit. Um, and Catherine, my wife, was starting to see traits in me that she was a bit concerned about. And then, she sent me off to a family doctor and she sent me off to James Cunningham, who's a neuropsych, and I had a lot of testing and found out that, um, yeah, I've got a, a moderate uh, to severe, in certain areas, traumatic brain injury, which people don't see. But it, mm. So basically from 6 a.m. to 12 noon, I'm pretty good. <laughs> but then... As a, and then I have to go and have a sleep, and then the afternoons get a little bit difficult, and then the, the late afternoons are more difficult. Um, and it's just it's just with cognitive stuff and and lights and stuff like that. But um, oh, you just get tired real quickly, yeah, do you? Do t- and yeah, do you so, find it gets worse if you have to concentrate on a task? Oh yeah, or? yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things. Um, so I like to try and get all my training done in the mornings, um, although. Of late, I've been doing some afternoon training at that difficult time where I, I struggle cognitively. And once I get on the bike, on the trainer, I don't have to think too much. And so it's actually the afternoon sessions have been pretty good, actually. Yeah. Jeez, you're a tough bugger, aren't you? <laughs> you are, um, now, because I think, um, and um, I mean, everyone everyone has shit that happens in their life. I, but I, I think the shit that I've been through is probably like 1% of, of what you've been through. Um, but I feel like, my relationship with running has helped me deal with that shit because you sort of think whenever the shit hits the fan, you think, okay, well, I, yeah, I did this marathon and I trained yeah. and I've done this, yeah. um, and it sort of gives you strength and resilience. Is that, is that your sort of experience? Like so, when you were lying in hospital, were you like – Oh, when I started lying in hospital, I started doing sit-ups. That was the, that <laughs> was the only excess, only thing I could do because both arms were, were broken and, and had to be like really badly damaged and – um, <clears throat> I had bandages all on my The only thing that, that could work was the stomach muscles. So sit-ups was, was, <laughs> was all I could do because I had a neck. How, how could you do that without the um, stability of your lower legs? Well, the thing is, you know, you learn from Pilates and from yoga and all that that you, you can engage the muscles right. without having to do a full sit-up. But, I mean, that's that's all I could do basically. But, um, yeah, running running is a, it's a double-edged sword for me now. It's um, So I – I do struggle when I see people running. Do you get sort of FOMO or jealousy? Yeah, well, not jealous, but I just yeah. um, running used to be my mindfulness basically. So 
if I was stressed at work or anything like that, I used to put my shoes on and just and go run. And after a while, your troubles just sort of like dissipate. Mm. They don't, you, you can sort of work them out. And I'm lucky I live in an area where, you know, I used to be able to just run up into the white daiquiris. And although I'm not a big track runner, um, I used to get up just up into the into the, the shallow hills here, and and you know you after three hours you come back you're pretty exhausted your troubles have gone away to sort mm. of exist but yeah it's it's running definitely I mean it's been a part of my life since I was like five years old um, I've always run I didn't run between I stopped running <clears throat> after my first um, spinal injury back in um, in South Africa in 1993 I, t- I stopped running completely. Um, the surgeon told me that it wouldn't be a good idea if I carried on running. What caused the spinal injury? Oh, at school, a guy pulled a chair out from underneath me. Oh, that was, <laughs> yeah, you know, that, that funny, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And it just all went wrong. And, uh, you know, the angles, it, it had to hit in perfect angle. You know, most people just get up from that and brush it off and it never ever, but yeah, so I had a, a <laughs> Jeez, you've been in the wars, mate. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, but. Um, when I came to New Zealand and and my back was had been pretty stable for a long time, um, I happened to get back into running, um, and then I got into triathlon and all that kind of stuff. But but running has always been there as a as a as just a mood equalizer, and also mm. it's it's a great way to stay fit and and keep the keep the weight off. And yeah, yeah so um, and you know once you get up to, once you can run for two hours without without even thinking about it, um, getting to that two-hour mark is, is awesome. But once you get over that and you you know, and then you start going to the three-hour mark and just having a casual run for three hours is just awesome, you know. Yeah. People people don't realise how good it can be. Um, but, you know, I, I think you've got to have that mental strength to actually train to get to that two-hour mm. mark and you've got to be pretty determined. Um, and also you've got to actually – you got to actually want to do it. You got to love it. Yeah. You don't do it if you if you don't love it, and that's um, that's what I always think about anything that you do in life. If you don't love doing what you're doing, then don't do it. Mm. But um, yeah, but watching people run on a crisp early winter's morning is 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 a very mind blowing experience for me because I do I do I miss it. I do miss it mm. without a doubt. But because. Uh, Although I do hand cycling and I swim and I go to the gym and everything like that, it's a completely different feeling and workout that you get when you run. Um, you know, running with your legs is, is completely different to hand cycling with your arms. You know, but um, I'm, you know, I'm I am pretty blessed because I've I've done all the stuff that people dream about. You know, I dream about running a marathon. I've I've done a hundred k walk. I've done a hundred k half walk, half run. Um, I've done. I've done all that kind of You're stuff. You're talking pre-accident. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've done all that. So I, I don't, um, I don't sit there as some people would, in, if they weren't an athlete beforehand, thinking, "Oh, I should have run a marathon, or I should have done this, or I should have done that." You know, I, I, I'm lucky enough. I did do those things. Um, it's so. a good attitude, but you, you, yeah, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You can't do those. When you were when you were lying in that hospital bed, and you, you know, you became fully aware of the extent of things. Like were you were you depressed for a time? Um, no, I've no. never. I've only cried once, and it was uncontrollable for about forty five minutes, and that was about uh, must have been about five weeks after the incident. 
um, just one evening, I just started crying and I just couldn't stop crying. And, and then after about 40 minutes, I stopped crying and that was that. And that's the last time, um, I have felt any kind of, um, mourning or yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I miss, I miss not having legs. Don't, without a doubt. I mean, that's and the, the weird thing is, is that they're still with me because of the the phantom legs are there, the feet are there, everything's there. I can bend them, I can, I can move them around, and so, and that's and that's the trouble I have at the moment is that I can't actually, I can't get rid of them. Um, so it's they are. How, how do you mean? Can you explain that a bit well, more? It's hard for the, um, yeah. So the the thing is because the legs are there from a phantom point of view right it's very difficult for me to cross over it into into the i have no legs kind of like story and that's I, so i sit on the fence like I, i'm still i still feel like i'm fully able but you know the legs are not there if i'd go to stand up mm. so it's, it's a it's a very very difficult one to to explain to people that and that's why i say i don't actually feel disabled Mm. Um, and I don't actually let – I don't want to actually or try let my disability um, stop me from doing anything. Oh, and you don't. I've watched your, I've watched yeah. your journey from afar. You yeah. definitely don't. You're living so, a very, very rich and know, fulfilling life. Yeah, 10, 10 years of trying to walk on prosthetics is still is still the goal to run um, on blades. Um, it's still one of my goals that I'm actually working towards. Um, it's just that because of the way that my spinal fusion was done in 1993 – um, we've had some technical issues with the prosthetics, but we're getting over those. Um, and yeah, that's it. If I can get to running a hundred meters or two hundred meters on blades on a track, then I'll be happy because then I've, I'm actually doing what I used to do. Because I started off as a track runner, not yeah. as a, not as a you know I started off on at, in the fields on on tracks, and so. And when that happens, not if when that happens, let's hope it works out better for you than the other. Um South African runner oh, with blades. No, 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 no. Um, but you know, that's it's an interesting. Uh, that's interesting because drugs, um, drugs make a big difference in a person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd, I'm actually trying to get off drugs, but unfortunately, <clears> with my injuries, I've got to have a couple of drugs to keep the pain levels down. Yeah, but, is it that uh, bad? Is it just on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I live in pain all the time. Really, so whereabouts? In my in my legs. Right. Um, so I have a uh, so I take nerve 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 pain drugs to keep the nerves at bay. Um, yeah, and just like my right arm is my right hand, um, my right my left hand because I lost a finger of my my hand. Um, oh, did you? Oh, I didn't even notice. It's yeah, no, like a Simpsons hand. Yeah, yeah. It's oh a, it's shit! A, it's a proper um, comic hand because it's only got three fingers. Oh. So wow. if you look at, so you you look get, at you Mickey Mouse be... and all those, <laughs> so you can people on high four. Yeah, no, I've still got five because. Wait, where's the one to where? Where's the? So the middle finger was amputated, right? But the back of the finger where I had a big gash, they used the so they cut the skin underneath the the, the middle finger and it's flapped over. So that actually over there, what you can see there, is the fingerprint of my middle finger. <laughs> so I still have all my prints. <laughs> So, that is mind blowing. I've, been, yeah, I've yeah. been sitting here with you, Ian, for a yeah. quarter of an hour. I didn't even notice. Yes, no. Didn't even notice. She's the surgeon. Did a brilliant job. She's she's awesome. She's um, but uh, you know the thing is, I have the phantom in there as well, the nerve mm. pain in there. So riding the bike, um, I've actually had to over the three years that I've been seriously riding, I've had to actually the first couple of sessions of like one hour, I couldn't actually hold it 
the cranks anymore, the, mm. the hand pedals because they're cramping. Um, but as time goes by and you, you get, you know, it's just like running. Uh, the You're the worst, the worst is a, the, um, I don't know if you can see the baby finger here mm-hmm. because of the break in the hand and with the ulnar nerve coming down, I always, this has like a bit of a hook mm-hmm. and it, it actually causes me a bit of problems. But, you know, the, I've actually just found I've, I've actually riding the bike, not with cycling gloves anymore. I've actually using uh, weight lifting gloves and they have a little bit more padding in them and, and they're a little bit stiffer and it's actually much better. So, um, no, I didn't. Yeah. So it's just, just a case of, of, um, training the arm to do what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so yeah, it's Jeez. just so, so the nerve pain and is is it drives me insane sometimes. Sometimes it, it it takes me to a place where I have to actually take a little bit of harder drugs to actually get it under mm-hmm. control. And that to me says um, it must be really bad because you're you're a tough cookie. Yeah, yeah, no, it it is bad, but yeah. I I don't. I don't try and let it control me. Yeah. I, I try and control it, but sometimes it gets the better of me. But um, So that's the only the only drug. But I, I will tell you that um, uh, back in, uh, it must have been four years ago, maybe five years ago, four years ago. I can't remember the exact date. Um, uh, I, they changed my drugs um, to two different types of drugs because we were worried about what the one drug was doing over a long-term you know, and uh, and I went to a really dark place. Not because I, I wanted to go there, but the drugs actually took me mm. to a dark place. And it was just fortunate that I actually had a, a meeting with um, my neuropsych, and he took you know he took one look at me, and luckily we got off those drugs because I was not in good shape. I was actually just I actually the drugs had got to the stage where I just thought that you know life wasn't actually worth living. Really? In. Oh yeah, no, it was bad. It was bad for about five, six weeks. I didn't know what was going on. I, I couldn't understand why I changed. But then we realized it was the drugs. My body didn't like those drugs and my mind didn't like those drugs. So, wow. wow. Yeah. So there are a couple of drugs that I just, um, you know, so, you know, going back to, I don't know much about the Pretorius thing, but I know that he was, there was a few drugs involved right. there. And who knows cognitively what those drugs are doing? I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but your, your your legs, um, they're, they're very high up, aren't they? The, um, yeah. Where, where they were amputated. Yeah, Does they, that make it hard with prosthetics? No, I'm actually lucky because my actually legs are quite long for prosthetics. Uh, so the, the amputations, I think, are about 100 mils above the knee. Right. Um, but the way they were um, traumatically amputated was at, a, at an angle. So – the one knee was completely shattered and there was no ways they could actually repair any kind of way. And the other knee was good, but because of the amputation and the whole calf muscle had been taken off, um, so they they could there was they were they couldn't save the knee, so then they actually decided and I'm actually very grateful they decided to be a symmetrical um so both legs are exactly the same length. Oh, there's ten mils between each length. Um, which makes it really, really good for prosthetics because they're not making a, a, a different prosthetic for. So both when my prosthetic, the the um, the sockets they called that actually fit over your legs, um, they're pretty much similar whenever they make them, yes. um, which is much easier if you're dealing with that kind of thing. Because I've I've seen people who have who have asymmetrical sockets, and, and you know, you, I think it's it'd be a lot harder. But um, yeah, no, that's the good thing is, is over the years I've. I've developed 
some skills in terms of being able to stand on the ends of my legs and walk on the ends of my legs. Oh, like on the stumps. Yeah. Oh, so, you, so if you, you go to the bathroom in the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually I've I've um, desensitized the nerves at the ends of my right. legs. Wow, that's so, remarkable. Yeah, no, it's and it's pretty cool for for walking on prosthetics because you don't have that that pain. Yeah. Because the pain in the original putting those things on and 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 standing up on the ends and, and getting that used to become quite a numb feeling. You couldn't actually feel what was going on because it was so numb from pain. But, you know, it's uh, there's a whole lot of different um, types of things now that they do to actually sort that kind of thing out. So in the, in the 10 years that I've been attempting to walk on prosthetics, and I have walked on prosthetics successfully, um, the, the whole technology has just changed dramatically there. Yeah. Um, so now my sockets actually only – they only go up halfway my legs – they don't go right up to the top. They don't actually come and support the hips. I've, I've built enough strength there to be able to um, – and that's because I've been able to walk on the ends of my legs. I've built up all the strength and the tendons there and everything like that. But, um, yeah, so that, that was a big – and and that's just by learning from other people, like people from overseas. Um, and I don't know if you know Cameron Leslie here in New Zealand. He's a triple gold medalist, Olympic uh, Paralympic gold medalist in swimming. He, he's – born congenital but he walks on the ends of his legs right. and one of the things he said to me way back he said yeah, if, you, if you can learn to do that that would be the best thing because just yeah and i just a lot of hard work and a lot of of trial and error and it, it's it, you know it, this whole thing it's it's not something that just transpires in one day and you mm. fixed it. it it's just it's just evolving the whole time um well you're retraining aren't you yeah you're, basically you're, having to learn um, yeah you know, and I, I keep saying to a lot of people that my initial rehabilitation at um, in the hospital, once I got home, the rehabilitation just hasn't stopped and it's just going to carry on. So that's why I actually go to the, you know, I constantly go to the gym and things like that because there's that constant, everything for me is changing all the time. I strengthen one area and then another thing will happen. And so we've got a little issue going on at the moment, which is going to have to be fixed. I don't know how, but... Um, we're waiting to see the specialist um, and then discuss that. But um, it's just a because I, I do lead, lead an active life. Um, the, the, I can't, yeah. Just it's it's just going to evolve, and I'm just going to have to keep rehabilitating the whole time. And so that's where the gym comes in really, really handy. Mm. That's where the pool comes in handy. I feel like even if the accident didn't happen, this would be um, this this would be how you are now. Though oh, you'd constantly no. be well, learning it, and doing I actually, new things. I actually I wrote a post to uh, a friend in in Australia that um, you know a lot of people look at at people with disabilities doing sport that it's like super inspirational and everything like that. And I I do I the word inspirational doesn't sit really, really well with me. I'd prefer to be motivational. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if somebody can be motivated because they see what I do, that's cool. And if it gets them off their bum and doing something, then that's cool. Why, why don't you like inspirational? Why does that not because sit I'm, with you? Because I'm, I'm just doing what I did before. I'm not, like I said, I, I used to go to the gym. I used to run. I used to bike. I used to swim. <laughs> what I'm doing now is I go <laughs> to the exactly gym. The exactly. And I'm not, you know, and I, I'm not climbing any mountains. I'm not jumping out of airplanes. I'm not. I'm not trying to show that people with with who have lost limbs and stuff like that can do. Because I know if I want to go and jump out of a plane, I can go and jump out of a plane. It's 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 nothing. But I, I think some people, uh, yeah, inspirational. Um, 
I I don't know. I I just don't mm. see myself as I, I I wouldn't like people to. Um. I don't know how they can see me as well. Can, okay. Can, okay. I, can, can I try and explain? Yeah, you explain. Can I try and explain? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think um, anyone would like put themselves in your position and think about how they could potentially react to this um, drastic life change, and maybe they think um, that they they would sit around and mope and sulk and feel sorry for themselves. So to see you just getting on with it, um, I suppose they see it as inspirational. Yeah. And you, you don't know how you would react until you're in that position. Maybe they wouldn't sulk and mope and just watch TV all day, but maybe they would. Yeah, th- you know, thinking about what you just said is so right the way through my my early childhood and and my teen years, I've had these like little series of events that have probably actually made me a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. So one of the events is <clears throat> now I, I was either I think I was six years old. It's either six or seven, and we had athletics day, which was a big thing in our our schools in a Saturday afternoon. Saturday morning, I went to a building site with my brothers, and I stood on a on a I don't know if you know bully beef can. What's bully beef can? A bully uh, can meat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah like corned beef or something. Yeah, yeah. So you know how they on those canned meats, you have the the little uh, key, and you turn it, and you, and oh, you yeah, open gotcha. it. Yeah. And when you open it up, with a real sharp edge on that can. <laughs> I stood on that can and sliced my toe open, and had to go off to the hospital, and they put seven stitches in my toe, my big toe. Um, but that didn't stop me from from running and competing in the athletics day. Um, and yeah, afterwards the, the toe was a little bit of a mess, but um, I, you know, and I go back to, I, I go back to that day and I think, okay, so, you know, if, if I was at seven or six or seven, and I was able to do that. Um, then as, as time has gone on, these kind of things, um, it hasn't, you know, like my back issue when I was a teenager, um, most people would have probably stopped playing sport, but I carried on playing. Um, and it's just because it's, it's sport. Is uh, I just love sport. It's just been such a part of my life. It's, um, you know, hockey, cricket, anything, basically, um, anything to do with sport. Never really got into tennis. Um, but, yeah, no, you know, just uh, soccer. I, I was not play rugby because I had an ear operation. I was only allowed to get in a swimming pool when I was eight years old because mm. I had an ear problem right from birth, and that was only fixed when I was eight. So I was only allowed to get into a swimming pool when I was eight. Mm-hmm. So those kind of things, um, yeah, they probably led to when when this happened that, yeah, sure, you've got big hiccup and a big changes in our life and big changes for Catherine and the boys. And, um, you know, we've had... We've had our whole house has been had to be redeveloped and oh, with ramps and ramps and, and all that kind of stuff and right. and you know it's taken a long time for us to actually find kind of like some kind of like stable stability because I've had thirty one surgeries. Fuck, really? <laughs> yeah. When was the most recent? Uh, so the least was two thousand and nineteen. I had my hand redone. Uh, wow. This this was all inflamed and all red, and we couldn't understand why. And then the surgeon went in, and he went all the way up, and he found some n- trapped nerves up here. And so, yeah, so that was the, the last one. So it's been three years now. Is that, is that the end of it? Uh, no, I'm no, um, no. Oh, <laughs> no. It'll be a never end. Uh, yeah. The, <laughs> does um, that frustrate you? Um, yeah, it does because it, it's downtime. It's, yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, you can only watch so many movies. Um, <laughs> but you know, the thing is, you um, because I've been there and done it already. Um, 
it'll just be just have it get done, just wait for it to heal, and then just get cracking on, on again. Yeah. You know? So um, the good thing is, is that, as you know, fitness, once you've got a good base, you do lose a little bit of your sharp end, but you don't lose your fitness overnight. Yeah, the muscle and, memory. And, and also, you know, you know you can get it back again. Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. a cool thing. And, and there's some exciting stuff that's happening in the next couple of months that's, um, that, you know, if, if I do have to have time, downtime, then at least we've this uh, other exciting stuff mm. that's happening. So, how, how frustrating was it for you? Like you talked about the adjustments around the house and stuff. How, how hard was it to retrain yourself? Like, uh, you know, was it an incredibly frustrating time or did um, you take to the, the chair like a duck to water? Uh, no, the, the, the hand cycle took a while to adjust because I can't supinate and pronate this hand. Okay. So, um, getting into a bike into a position where and then stop. oh this is your like you're competing right. yeah, yeah yeah right right oh you mean the, the wheelchair yeah, yeah yeah oh no the wheelchair was pretty easy yeah. Uh, um yeah I couldn't yeah once once I got it at rehab it was pretty easy it, they they cool it's just it's just transport basically mm. um but um I've got three different types of chairs I've so I've got a four by four for the beach um, which able to me to get into the sea because that's very very important. Wow important for me to actually get in in salt water because mm-hmm. um, uh, my my early adult life was spent in Durban in, in Natal in South Africa where the beach was was very very important to our social life mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so coming to New Zealand um, it's not it, it's not the same because to get to Pihar is quite a trek, but yeah. to get to North Beach in Durban was so easy, just down the motorway and you're there, kind of like the beach was there. And, you know, you had you had miles and miles and miles of beach, very similar, whereas here you've you've got these pockets where you go to. So being fortunate enough that um, Catherine's family's had a cottage in Wittianga for 25, 26, maybe 27 years now. And so that's an escape. And so Buffalo Beach. And, that's a great beach, great yeah, beach for swimming. Yeah, so... Um, so lucky I have a four by four that I can actually mm. get down onto the beach and get in the water. Um, although the, I've got to have the waves have got to be a little gentler, so I get like a, wash, <laughs> a, wash, a washing machine. But um, yeah, no, I, I can. You know, the, the good thing is I can. I'm a pretty for for me and my um, body. I'm a strong swimmer, mm. so um, I. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Can swim pretty well. Yeah, um, were you... Because you're um you work as a swimming coach now. Yeah, I'm you, a, s- a swim teacher and a swim coach. Yeah, um, were you were you much of a swimmer before the accident? Uh, no, swimming was a means to get on the bike. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Um, Just part of a triathlon. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I, I remember the first person who ever looked at my swimming stroke. He asked me once I'd finished swimming fifty meters. He asked me what I was doing, and I said I was swimming. And he, said, <laughs> he said no. It didn't look like he it. said no, you're not. <laughs> uh, so um yeah so the good thing is the the one good thing coming out of the accident. 
the incident was that I had to learn how to swim again. And so this time around, I knew what I was having to do and learn. Um, whereas when you're five, you, you forget, you forget all the stuff and how you learn to swim. And then, you know, you people, a lot of people after, after two or three years of swimming lessons, they give up and they, they don't actually ever swim again. They don't actually go forward. Yeah. I've, I've actually kept up since, since I've learned to swim, I've actually kept it up myself. And then I went off and, and became, you know, I did the, the courses to become a swim teacher. Um, just because swimming, swimming in New Zealand is so, so important. I mean, we live around water. Oh yeah, we got a moat. And yeah. it's just, I cannot believe the number of kids who just can't swim mm. properly. Um, and it's it's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Kids need to learn how to swim. But um, that's a double edged sword as well, is because um, that's exhausting. It is exhausting. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it's yeah, completely different as well because your legs. Um, first of all, you use them to kick. But even yeah, if yeah. you're not using them to kick, I'm guessing they provide you some sort of like balance or. Well, yeah, the the waterline. It's like a, a a yacht. A long a long yacht is faster than a short yacht. Yeah, and the same as with legs and your body position. You know. It's yeah, but it, the the cool thing is that I, I I can teach and I have been teaching pretty well for the last couple of years. Um, I've got a couple of I've got a, a young para that I'm that I'm coaching, um, but yeah, it is it's it is a different um, it is different. Um, but I've I've just actually completed a, a life coaching course as well because um, I'd like to help people with resilience um, and teach them what resilience is all about. People give up too quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even, even running people will, they'll run for three or four weeks and then they'll just give up because it's just all getting too hard. Yeah. And, and the main thing is because they're actually doing it wrong. You know, they, they, they trying to, they trying to get there too quickly. As you know, as a runner, you can't, <laughs> you know, to run a marathon, you, I mean, you could go out and run a marathon, but you'll probably kill yourself or, or you'll, You'll definitely be very, very sore the yeah, next day, yeah, 100%. or you'll be at the doctor's because you've you've torn, you've damaged yourself completely, and so you've got to teach your body to learn how to run a marathon. You can't actually just go. I mean, there are some people who are genetically who just could do it, and because they're genetically built, but most people aren't genetically built to run. And um, so resilience. Do you feel like that's something that um that can be taught to people, or has oh, yeah. that got a yeah? You do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I think it's definitely. Um, I think it's definitely a mindset and you need to actually talk to somebody who, who's been there and be able to coach you through it Uh, because not, not everybody has, it's not everybody is mentally tough. Mm. Um, there's, I mean, I even think there's times when I'm not mentally tough when, do you like when, uh, sometimes when, when I've got a hard training schedule that's downstairs on the trainer and I'm, I, I don't want to go down because I know it's, I know it's going to be sore and yeah. uncomfortable and, and, um, and you think of every, oh, should I do it or shouldn't I do it? And, and then eventually you go down and you do it and it's not so bad, but just that, you know, you know, you know when it's going to be uncomfortable, and yeah. you know, it's going to hurt and, and yeah. Other ones that feel best afterwards. Yeah, though, you when do. You don't want to do it and then you just. Yeah, once you've done it. It's yeah. Because the amazing. thing is, it's, um, it's just that, uh, I think, I don't know if you know West Coast Road and the White Tax. Yeah, I do very okay, well. Yeah. All right, okay. So it's a hell of a climb. Yeah, so um, you know, a training run, uh, which is a better way? Shall we go up Carter Road or shall we stay or stay on West Coast Road? <laughs> oh, which is one's going to hurt the the least? Oh, let's go up Carter Road because you, you know that West Coast Road has got three little nasty, and mm. then you've got the the climb to the top of Scenic Drive. So 
you think, oh, which is the worst, which is the lesser of two evils, you know, but, and I, and that's just a mental, it's not a physical thing because your body will go wherever your mind takes it, but it's, it's beating the mind. It's, it's, but I think, I think when you, the unknown is easier, you know, when you, mm. than the un, than the known. So mm. it's like, it's like riding the Auckland Marathon. Okay. So the last three times that I've done it, the first year was just to see how my arm would cope. Um, and we got to about 37 Ks and this arm started to cramp and I thought, oh, okay, so I had to back it off completely because I didn't really want to, I didn't want to have to stop. And then, um, and then the second time was, let's see how, you know, we've cha- made some changes to the bike, but then we were having mechanical issues because the tolerances in the bike, the bike frame and the, and the running gear was just not right. And so I was, had, but I, I was thinking when I was going up the bridge this, this last time that I was actually, because I'm fitter and stronger, I could actually, because I, I knew that I just had to just pull the cranks over and, and crank, mm-hmm. I could actually look around and enjoy the sunrise coming up. And I, although wow. we were going up the hill and I, I, I didn't actually just kill myself going up because I, I wanted It's got to be hard though. That, um, it's, um, yeah. going up the Auckland Harbour Bridge, it's, um, deceptively long and steep. Yeah. It's just over a kilometre, yeah. um, from the, from the Devonport side. Yeah, that's got to be hard but, doing that with your hands. No, the thing is, um, so I, I just put it in a gear that I knew that I, I wouldn't actually hurt myself. Yeah. And I'd actually said to myself, I want to go fast on Tamaki Drive. I want to, so I don't want to kill myself on the bridge. Um, and yeah, no, it was just awesome. I just put it in, in a gear and I just, seven kilometers an hour up and my heart rate didn't go over 175 and a, you know, and I probably lost maybe a minute or two on that on that climb. But the thing is, it was something to enjoy. The sunrise, yeah. it was beautiful. It, you know, it was. And then when we got to the other side, once I got over there, then I put the hammer down, and I, you know, I've, I've looked at my my um, telemetry afterwards, and I'm pretty happy. Mm. Barring the sun strike, because I have to worry. But and also through um, through the viaduct there, the council have made some really. Some changes, <laughs> all these roundabouts and all yeah, you know, yeah. and and and, and the, because of the narrowness and they've that they all the bike lanes where they've got these funny concrete things, you had to be a little bit mindful, so you had to back it off there a bit. Yeah. But but yeah, no, it's it's um it's a different now that I'm fit and my I'm, my arms are stronger and yeah. everything like that, I can actually start enjoying it. Yeah. Whereas the first two years, I must say that it was more about survival in terms of what I was trying to achieve you know and i even in the in the 2020 um marathon i actually crashed actually um going through mission bay i i i got a little bit of a um a wheel wobble and i overcorrected with my with the this arm wasn't strong enough to hold the bike in the stride so i overcorrected and next minute i was i was on the pavement and the bike was upside down and everybody what sort of speed were you going at the time uh about 24 25 k's right wow so (laughs) So everybody's coming running over and they want to check me and I'm saying just I'm not interested in me just get the bike ride as a bike okay so you know get back in the bike and go again and um yeah that was that was crazy um but uh, you know and then and then this year I finally felt that I'm strong enough now to actually um start pushing where I uh, pushing harder and going longer and faster um but yeah, that's. But now it's all about technology. Now it's it's the bike that I'm on is is not the best, and um, 
it's not even far from the middle. So right. it's, how, how so? Just in terms oh, of the just, weight of it? Or? Yeah, it's just it's the it's the cheapest bike you can right. buy, and it's just as you know when you buy. As somebody actually put an analogy. Oh, so you're riding like a wear without being nasty. Oh, like a warehouse <laughs> bike. Yeah, I, I said, yeah, yeah. As opposed to going to the bike shop and buying, sure. you know, buying a, a Ivan Carver. Yeah, well, not even that, but just a, a you know, buying a, a a bike that's actually um, fit for for that kind of thing. So yeah, so we we've we've got some plans in the in the in the wind to actually get a new bike. So that's cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Now, now what's um. I've, I've never met um, anybody before that's done both. That's that's run a marathon on their legs and uh, done a marathon with their their arms as well. What what, what are the differences? I'm guessing like, uh, the, the legs are a bigger muscle group. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, but the arms are a smaller group. But yeah, I suppose you can roll a little bit. Uh, yeah. Once you get once you get uh, once you get the um, the roll on and you and you get into that rhythm, um, the arms actually you don't have to actually put too much power through the arms. I've I found on the weekend that. Um, I've got quite good um, tricep development um, in both arms now, and triceps I think play a huge part in. But it's it's just yeah, once you get into that into that rhythm, and it's the same with, same with marathon running with legs. Once you get into that rhythm, um, and you've trained your legs, you can go mm. and go and go. You mm. know, you don't actually. It's when you it's when you start taking when you start pushing, and that heart rate elevates, and the lactic acid starts building up. If you if you get to that stage once it's gone. And you can't you can't get it back. It's just staying in that groove, um, you know. And that's that's the thing with training is you you train for that groove, yeah. Um, and then you just push it a little bit harder when you when you're racing. So. Is, is the feeling at the finish line much the same? Ah, uh, bittersweet, because um, people. People see you coming. Oh, are you riding a bike? Oh, that must be so much easier. But that, <laughs> you know, and it, you're, you're at a running event, and 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 you know, this is. I take my hat off to the to the Auckland Marathon because um, I went across to New York in 2015, and I did the New York Marathon. Yeah, your first first um, above the knee amputee ever to do the New York Marathon. Yeah, no, 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 no. In a ha- in a in an encumbrance cycle with artificial legs was the first. Right, right. Okay, so I was in a different because I I couldn't crank with my arm. We decided to actually use my prosthetic legs and use a recumbent um, hand cycle, so and with pedals, and so I was actually using legs. And while we were while we were in the air between. Um, LA and New York, there was big discussions whether they're going to actually disqualify me from entering because they they saw the bike that I was riding and they thought that oh no you got legs you're going to just you know you're going to be so far in front because you're going to be but what they don't realise is that it's you know you're using mechanical stuff that is it's really difficult to actually crank so it took me four hours to get around the course they allowed me to start but um, it was then that I actually I I I saw all the hand cycles and I thought you know we're really got to try and hand cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was fortunate enough in 2016 to be invited by PNZ to go down to uh, New Plymouth to their, their cycling camp, and I tried, and it wasn't too bad. And so, and it's just been a, a progression since then. And and now, you know, there's still there's still heaps of work to do. Yeah. Um, there's still – I've got to make my shoulders and chest and arms much stronger. So yeah, I'll be hitting the gym and hitting the bike – the cool thing, I've got a nice training setup where I can just go down and I can just train and just jump on the bike and just crank. And, you know, there's nothing more that you can do. It's like running. You know, the only way to actually 
to run further and longer is to actually do it longer. Train, yeah. Yeah, train yeah. it, yeah. But train smart without hurting yourself, you know. So, uh, How old are you now? Uh, total length? <laughs> no, so, no, yeah. no, no, how old? Yeah, 57 total oh, length, but, but only 10 <laughs> in short, you know, and I always gauge myself. I gauge what, my, what do you mean? What, what, do you, what do you want well, about? I, well, I'm, I'm only really 11. Right. Because I've been rebuilt, you know. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, okay. So they you reset, gotta, they you reset. you look at the, at the total model okay. or, the, or the new model, okay, the, 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 the simplified model, because it got rid of, rid of some body parts. Yeah. So, this, yeah. But I don't actually feel that old at all, to be mm. honest. I actually, um, you know, I, I get frustrated with the, with the traumatic brain injury because that is the one that actually slows me down because I, I can't – if I didn't have the brain injury, um, I'd be like a, a like an energizer bunny without legs. It's just like – but that, that just – that's the handbrake that will just stop me from – Yeah, like training. a limiter. Yeah, it yeah. is. I've got to be very, very careful and – that's where Catherine has been awesome. She's, you know, she sees, she sees the subtle changes that are going on. She says, "You need to stop. You need to go rest. You need to sleep. Um, you know that kind of stuff." So yeah, it's good to have that support crew, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, How's how's the whole thing been for her the last uh, eleven years? Uh, bittersweet as well. Yeah. Very hard. She's had to take on roles that I used to do in the house, and and that that kind of that's hard for me. What to like watch. what sort of roles? Uh, mowing lawns. Just, yes, just, high five <laughs> <laughs> or high four. Well, no, well, that I, I used to love making the lawns. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah, no, that was awesome. I used to time myself to see how fast I can do it. Right. Yeah, so oh, God. the quicker we could do it, uh, but also you have to do it properly, though. But the quick, you got to, you know, I used to love mowing lawns and, and I used to love washing cars and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, just, just yeah. those kind of things. Um, she's She's had to be father and mother to both boys because right. there's been a lot of dime time for me that I'm actually just haven't been present, you know, so yeah. that kind of thing. It's um, not through, you can't feel guilty about that because like, that's no, through no fault. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's things that I've, I've, I do now that, that probably role, role reversal. Mm-hmm. So luckily I used to enjoy ironing before because, you know, that's, so I do all the ironing and that folding of the washing and stuff like that. But, you know, there's, um, yeah, it's it's been hard for her. Mm. Be you know, our whole relationship is is completely different because of the way that life is. Um, you know, I used to be twenty four seven. I used to be only needed a few hours sleep. I used to be always, you know, I could do everything. I didn't need a diary. I always remembered everything in my brain. And um, and now I'm, I'm not that same person anymore. And I'm sure she struggles with that to a certain extent. Um, I know no, she does. I feel like it probably frustrates you more than her. Oh, You're no, the, still no, the same man. No no no? no, no, no. Things are different. I'm yeah. different. Um, you know, I, I see things a little differently as well, and um, I do get I, I get frustrated pretty. What do you, what do you, what do you see differently? Um. Yes, yeah, I have to protect myself, and so um, I don't actually engage a lot. Um, sometimes I have to actually just. I divorce myself from from family life to be because I just I just it's a self protection mode. It's um, we are getting better at it. Yeah. Um, but uh, this recent little so during lockdown during August, I was down in the garage with my youngest son, and I, I did I did something. I don't know what I did, but a couple of hours later, I could I was in so much pain, and and the pain hasn't gone away. 
but it hasn't gone worse, which is a good thing. But it's it's a niggle. I had some scans done in December, and just waiting to see a specialist now. But th- that kind of pain. It um, so <clears throat> I did. I was down in the garage a couple of days ago, and I I, I had to just stop. I got to stop now because this thing's just escalating, and so that's frustrating. I've got a project down in the garage that's what would normally take two or three days is going to end up taking two or three weeks. So yeah. so that that kind of frustration. Um, and then there's just, um, you know, there's been it's just subtle changes. People people don't realise that, um, you know, living in Auckland is not easy for a person with disability. <laughs> you know, we went to a place yesterday, we, and I'm not going to name where we yeah. went, but went to a place yesterday, um, and I rolled down the window and I said to the guy, "Yes, you, you don't want people here at your business who've got any kind of wheelchair disability, do you? Because there was just steps everywhere." Right. And he right. goes, "Oh, he goes, oh, the, you know, we've only just moved in here, and you know, we still." And I'm going, "Well, if you've only just moved in, on this deck that looks brand new, why didn't somebody put a ramp in?" You know? But I, you know, this is a kind oh, of thing. That'd be so annoying. Yeah, it is. You know, a lot of people think that people with disabilities should just be tucked away. Don't see that, and and that's why you don't see a lot of people with disabilities mm-hmm. going out and doing stuff. And that's why you know you talk about oh, inspirational. Mm-hmm. Well, you only see a couple of these people out there doing it because it, it is hard. It's not easy. It's you know you go to a shopping center, a Christmas farmers at Christmas. Just you know you, you try and get through the, all the the aisles, and they've just packed them out. And mm-hmm. I've got to the stage now that if I knock it over, I knock it over. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not going to apologise because yeah, no. you know they they don't actually see that people in wheelchairs actually have a right to come into the shop as well. You know, and it's. Um, I'm lucky. I don't know if you see the tiny little wheelchair that I've got, power chair that I've got. I take it to my shopping centres now. I don't take my bigger one into the shopping centres because I just can't get through the. Different, yeah, the mess. The, aisle, the mess, yeah. you know. Yeah, you're, you're sitting in this power chair that you're talking about now, yeah. and uh, you're, you're such a big dude with your upper body. I, I can't even see the chair. Yeah, yeah. It's very so, compact. Yeah, it is. It is a very cool little compact chair. Um, but, you know, I've got another one that I should, uh, my day chair that I should go, but because because shops just clamber everything, they, they don't actually, and you go in there and if you knock something over, I feel guilty that I've knocked it over, but I, I've got to the stage now where <laughs> Whatever. I, I don't want to actually <laughs> feel guilty because, you know, I've, I do have a, I wouldn't say a right, but everybody else has a right to go into a shop and, and buy stuff. So why can't I go into yeah. a shop just because I'm I'm not walking? But you know, and it's the same with 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 mothers that have strollers with their kids. You know, push chairs and stuff like that. They battle as well. You know, so. Mm. Um, but the thing is, you know, that's a short period of one's person's life where the wheel, the the stroller or the push chair goes out because the child grows. Well, for for, for me now until the my my dying day I'm going to be I have to have some form of mode of transport whether because you what people don't realize is with people with prosthetics there's a limit of how far you can walk in them mm. because it's exhausting you know you don't you don't think of oh, people who've got prosthetics are just walking around I mean double amputee are just walking around there are one or two but you can't walk like five six hundred meters you'll yeah. be dead yeah because okay? you're using so much energy um, and not so much from a walking point of view, but if you think about, if you just think of Key Street now, they've got all these different surfaces and everything like that. Walking with prosthetics, you have to actually mentally be engaged in where you're walking because you've got to actually, you can't just stroll along 
and let your your natural feet just you've got to actually be engaged. Okay, there is a different surface there. You got to feel for it, and so you. It's not something I would have ever thought of. Mentally, is it's draining. Well, how, how do you mean? So if it's like tiles, you might slide on them. Yeah, or? yeah. So you know, the thing is, you've got to be mindful of where your foot is going to go and and what kind of surface. So when you're walking on prosthetics, you can feel the difference between grass and 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 carpet and and floor and concrete you can feel all those differences um and the, all of them come with different slip you know and mm. the way the microprocessors work on the on the electronic knees um is they they take a lot of that thinking out but you still you've still got to be looking ahead um and because you've got something false underneath you you've still got to be feeling for it and so it's a mental game as well as a physical game mm. so Single amputees can get away with it because they've got one good leg that they can actually um, rely on that day. But when it comes to double amputees above the knee, it's it's mm. a completely different. Yeah. And there's there's a, there's a couple of guys in the states who you know they've run half marathons and and you know double amputee above run half marathon on on prosthetics. You know, but they've they've taught their bodies to run. But you know they they're they're a they're a millisecond away of of falling every single time because they've got to actually make sure that that blade comes right back in the right place and everything like that. It's, it's yeah, it's exhausting. So if you think somebody walking a kilometer just naturally, and then somebody walking a kilometer with prosthetics, a guy who's prosthetics, you're probably looking 300, 400% more um, effort just to do a kilometer. So prosthetics for me, the way that I've got my prosthetics now is to be able to get out the car Go into a shop, maybe buy a coffee, and then come back and get in the and get back in the car. It's not to get in, put my prosthetics right. on, and and stroll around the mall for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, you, you don't strike me as a mall rat anyway. Well, to be no, honest, no, no, but no, no, it'd be no. nice to have that option. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, you had that option of of um of just of doing something. Because everything has to be planned in our lives. Mm. Uh, I just like to be able to do something off the cuff, or just you know, just without even have to thinking about it. And if and if you get there and there's a couple of stairs, you don't want to go. Oh, oh, now how do we do this? You know. Yeah. So we went to a vet not so long ago because our dog Baxter, and I would have thought, oh, most vets, you know, they they won't have stairs. You know, most get to this place and there's like six stairs up into it. And I, so luckily this chair that I'm sitting on breaks down into four pieces. So what we did is I, uh, you know, we opened the boot and, and Catherine took, I uh, took the chair out and she broke it down and, and I climbed up the stairs on my backside and then she brought the chair up and, and you know, that kind of thing. People just, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, man, you know, it's a public place. It's a, it's it's open to everybody, and this is the whole thing that we face all the time. Is um, there's a, a well known um, steakhouse in Auckland that people in wheelchairs had to go through the kitchen to get into into because everybody else can go up the steps and you know people wheelchairs going through the kitchen and I've been through yeah you know they always say oh we've got access and you go well, got to go through the back door I've just <laughs> I've actually just done a course where. Everybody else was able to sit on the deck and have lunch on the deck, but I wasn't able because there was a step. Um, luckily, three days in, they made a, a, t- a ramp that I could get down onto the deck. But, you know, at, at, in this day and age, hotels and stuff like that shouldn't actually be 
Yeah, it should be it should be mandatory. It should yeah, be exactly. Yeah, I, I, and I, I must admit, I feel terrible about this. I've never really noticed. And I, I suppose I, you were the same before. Um, the yeah, yeah, is, probably. Yeah, I'm um, going to be more certain, mindful of that now. Yeah, but it's um, a lot, yeah, a lot of people who've come into who who live in my life now, they're mm. quite mindful of it. Um, I know that my neuropsych, he's he's always looking at it now mm. from a different angle. Yeah, yeah. So, you um, how do I put this? Um. I, I, had a, I had a, spoke to a guy on my podcast a couple of weeks ago called Brad Smaler, who's um, a, an amazing New Zealander. He was he was a wakeboarder, one of the best wakeboarders in the world, yeah, and he he's a tetraplegic. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, but he 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 got his injury doing a, doing a stunt and landing on his neck and on his back on the on the ramp the wrong way. So it was it was it was his own it was his own doing. Yeah. Yours, on the other hand, was not your own doing. No. Do you have a grudge on anyone? No. You're mad at anyone? No. You're not bitter? No. Because, it, yeah, what's the point? Yeah. If you, then you're going to get angry and you're going to get depressed and then you're going to be an ugly person and, and nobody's... It'd be so easy to... to like when, when you have to go around the back think, of a restaurant and you're going through yeah, the kitchen, yeah, it'd be yeah, easy yeah, to yeah. point the finger at yeah, someone. Yeah, the thing is, is, is when you look at the, the incident involved, um, uh, uh, there's a lot of... A lot of stuff that went on. It's mm. just, you know, that's just unfortunate. That um, it's if you're going to be bitter and twisted about it, then you're going to be bitter and twisted. And who's going to want to actually? Who's going to want to be around a bit? <laughs> Nobody likes bitter and twisted people. No, no, that's you know, and the thing is, uh, you know, you've you've only got you've only got one life, and you've just got to actually you got to enjoy. You know, you've been thrown this this. Curveball, or you've been thrown this, you've been thrown into a bunch of eggs, and and you've got to actually decide what kind of egg you're going to be. You're going to be a good egg or a bad egg, and at the end of the day, um, good eggs are better than bad eggs. Put it that way. Yeah. People people will want to help a person who's who's got a better attitude. Nobody likes, course, you know. Yeah. I mean, you've all been in the workplace when the person the person who's got the bad attitude, nobody wants to deal with them. Nobody wants to be their mate. Um, just drags everyone down. exactly. So you know, at, and we haven't got time mm. to be. You know, time's going, and with this virus that's going on, it's it's really knocking all the events that you want to do. Mm. I'm I'm just got an email this morning that another event's been cancelled, and I'm because <laughs> I haven't. You know, like you you asked me how old I was, and I've got things that I want to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel that by all these things being cancelled is my what I want to achieve. I'm I'm not going to um, get there because you know we've missed out what two years of of racing to a certain extent. Um, the only good thing is that we can get more training in. <laughs> so, but yeah. uh, glass half full. Yeah, glass yeah. Half but the thing is, it's, it's it is frustrating mm. that you know all these things. But you know we were lucky to get the, the Auckland Marathon and done. Yeah. Have good. Have you always been a good egg? Or do you think you've become a better egg since? Ah, uh, there, there's times when I've been a grumpy egg, um, <laughs> but those those times, um, those times are there's a reasons to be grumpy eggs. Um, um, but I'll be I'll be honest. The last couple of well, the last year that I was living in South Africa I was a grumpy egg. I mm. um, mm. wasn't happy about being there. Um, so yeah, getting here was was awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I remember no a frustrated egg more than a grumpy egg. Yeah, um, you know, I'd, like my mum, I'd like to go and visit my mum, and she lives in Australia, and we can't do that at the moment, and you know, she's not getting any younger. 
because I'm not getting any younger. So I know she's not getting any younger. So I would. You're like, only eleven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I, I I I like to think that I'm I'm a good egg. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Well, I think you are. Well, this is probably a good place to end it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Ian Winston, motivational and. Don't shoot me. Inspirational. Inspirational. I feel feel like you should own that and wear it. That's not something you should be embarrassed about. I think it's a it's a compliment. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to do that. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'd I'd really like to be known as somebody who motivates people and gets stuff done. Yeah, you really are. And I suppose if you if you going with that good egg versus bad egg thing, I mean, this this accident's given you the opportunity to do that. Oh yeah. No, I think. I think before I used to help people before the incident yeah. with, with running and stuff like that and, yeah. and motivating people to, to get off their mums and do stuff. So not doing anything different. That's why I probably find the inspirational stuff a little bit. I like to be like motivate people. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I feel like you're doing both those things, cool. even though the, the tags don't necessarily sit yeah. comfortably with you. <laughs> so, hey, thanks, thanks so much for your time. Oh, no, no, pleasure. Absolute legend. Thank you very much for making it all the way through this episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey. A little bit of housekeeping, loose ends to tie up. If you don't already, please rate the show or leave a review if your platform allows. And if you don't do so already, please subscribe or follow to the podcast. Some stats I've heard suggest that about 70 or 80% of people that listen to podcasts don't actually subscribe or follow them. So it would be a huge help to me and to the growth of this podcast moving forward if you did that little thing. Also, um, if you have any guest suggestions for 2023 or any feedback for the podcast, please let me know. DomHarveyNZ at gmail.com is my email, or you can find me on Instagram, DomHarveyNZ. All right, thanks very much. See you next time on Runners Only. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.